0: Well, it's, uh, we're finally at the end of the book of Barashas, the book of Genesis, which is uh, it, the, the code word and the Midrash for the book of Genesis. is called Sefer Hayashar. If you know Hebrew, Sefer Hayashar means the book of the straight. Meaning if you want to learn how to be a straight person, a good, honest person, that's the main purpose of this book. Because there's very few laws. And the purpose of the Torah is to give us direction. Yeah, it happens to be the Torah has a lot of history in it has a lot of other things in it. But the main purpose is to give us directions for existence. And since it's basically stories, uh, that's what we learn. I mean, certainly uh, learn a lot. And this week's parsha, really, I don't want to say puts the cherry on the cake, be, um, because it's um, it's really a, it, it is an overload to learn in this parsha uh, because we have. Basically, it's the end of, a, of, of an era. It's the end of the era of Joseph. It's the end of the era of Yaakov, which really means it's the end of the era of the forefathers. It's the end of the era of the lead-up to the Jewish people. And the book of Exodus is when the Jewish people are born. So it's really, uh, um, I don't want to even compare it, but I think it's a good paradigm, you know, uh, Other religions they have a before and after Uh, you know for you know as far as our view of the world there is before the jewish people existed and now the jewish people are here uh and uh um, so for our for our discussions uh it's it's very uh important that uh because it says in many areas in 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 the talmud that everything is only as good as its prep Shabbos is only as good as its prep in general. Things are only as good as, as the prep. And the prep for history and certainly the destiny of the Jewish people is the book of Genesis ending really with uh, Joseph dying. So having said that, uh, there's the main. The, I would say the, the main theme of this Parsha is winding down and Yaakov giving out blessings before he dies. He gives blessings to his grandchildren, and he gives blessings to his children. Um, and we're going to focus on that. So we're at the end of Bracious. We'll start with chapter 47, verse 29. And really pretty much just going to focus on these blessings and what we learn from these blessings. So chapter 47, verse 29. Okay, so what does it say? It says, the time approached for Israel to die. Israel is another name for Yaakov. Yaakov had two names, Yaakov and Yisrael is is his name. So it said, the time approached for Yaakov to die, so he called for his son, for Joseph. You know, Egypt's a big country, and and Yosef did not live with his family. His family was in a separate area where the Jewish people lived. Yosef was obviously in uh, in, in the palace. And... Basically, Yaakov calls over his son Yosef and says, please, if I have found favor in your eyes, please pay, place your hand under my thigh and do kindness and truth with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt. You know, you'd think like this was someone that Yosef never met. His father, who Yosef, you know, idolized, his father sitting there begging him, please, please, please swear to me if you could possibly do me a kindness and truth don't bury me in Egypt. lot we'll to focus on there. But I wanted to focus on one on one point, when he asked the favor, he calls the favor truth and kindness, Ms and Chesed. Well, what, what does that mean? Usually, you ask someone for a favor. You're asking them for a favor. You can Can you give me a hand? Can you get something for me? Can you give something to me? Um, what does truth have to do with it? So um, many of the commentators focus on this, and they say that very often, and I just experienced this certainly in the past uh, 24 hours, um, that often we're, we, we, when we give, we give emotionally. We give based on our emotions. Someone asks for something, or we think someone needs something, and we, our emotions tug us to give, and which is a good thing to have those emotions to give. But, um, and certainly as a fundraiser, we uh, we try not to prey on people, but we certainly uh, speak to people's emotions, because emotions are a very important part. However, emotions uh, are far from everything. And we have to ask ourselves, we can't get neurotic about it, and with I don't think in day to day it probably matters that much. But certainly when the bigger things come up, are we truly doing a kindness? So what Yaakov was asking his son was like, look, what I'm about to ask you is an absolutely true kindness. It's 100% good. And that's actually, um, I don't know in in, in Massachusetts or Rhode Island what the name, but the Heber Kadisha, which is the uh, the association that takes care when people pass away? A lot of times, it's called Chesed Shel Emes, and the reason why is because when someone helps someone who's passed away, there's no, can't be any ulterior motives, because the person can't can't. You're not going to see them again. They're not going to repay you. So our goal is is to make our kindnesses in our lifetimes as much as possible. It's not really possible usually to be a hundred percent that way because we're human. But that that. That's the lesson that Yaakov was trying to give over to Yosef is that whenever you do kindness, which means we have to think about, well, this may be helpful for a person's spirituality, but is it helpful for their physical self? And if it's helpful for their physical self, is it helpful for their emotional financial people are big and, and, um, uh, Often when we, our emotions say that we're helping, uh, we actually sometimes could be hurting, Um, you know. Okay, so that's uh, point number one. All right, point number two. Chapter 49, verse 6. Kind of going to jump around a little bit and see what we have time for. Here we are at, and then when I was, I think it was fourth grade, so in my school... There was a contest. If you, this is known as Yaakov's blessings, basically he calls all twelve of his children over, and he's going to tell them his last uh, thing. So when I was in I, whatever grade it was, there was a special reward that we got if we memorized these. And at my house, I actually have a book that I got for. Uh, I guess I memorized them. I certainly don't know them now. Um, so in chapter forty-nine, verse six, it talks about. Well, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, right? So the next, so the, the, he basically did an age order. He calls over his son, Shimon and Levy. Now, we didn't call them over. They all were around him at the same time. And as you'll see from some of these quote-unquote blessings, um, they, they, uh, they they weren't really so comfortable. What does he tell his son, Shimon and Levy? Listen to this. This is his lap- parting words to his beloved ch- children. What does he say? Shimon Alevi, you are partners in weaponry. You are partners in stealing. With your anger and your rage, you murder people. This is his blessing. (laughs) He's basically telling them off. But I want to focus on the word that he used to tell them, in your anger, you killed people. The word is be'apum. Simply put, He's telling them, he's being straight with them. He's saying, you let your anger get to you. And, you know, when a person says something before they die, they have nothing to lose. So they're probably telling the truth. But I saw an amazing explanation for my by Muttal Katz, the Rosh shiva in Cleveland from many years ago. He said, if anyone knows, may not know, actually, I just kind of did a 40th slip. The word for nose in Hebrew is af, a nose. The word for anger is all is is af, haron af. When we refer to God getting angry, we use the word af. So there's actually the etymology of the words actually is connected because typically, at least stereotypically, maybe there's even some science behind it. When a person gets angry, they they huff and they puff and they have, you know, and the uh, you know air coming out of their nostrils and their ears. So I don't know if there's any science to that, but uh, certainly uh, on uh, cartoons there is. But Rabbi, Rabbi Katz said that actually as the, Yaakov was saying, "Your what you do with your nose should be cursed. You know what we say when someone holds their nose up high? You're haughty. He says that idea of holding up your nose, either figuratively or literally, because I guess the figurative came cuz i guess people might do that and i think you see that now I mean, you can't really tell so much with masks but um but uh a lot of times when you're walking down the street it's subconscious but people will do that uh and it's uh probably more cuz uncomfortable but there are times when you go into a place and you feel and i'm sure normally means it that bad but uh we have to be careful of the of the messages that we give off and certainly when the person's not there even Say someone's name is mentioned, the way we react if we seem aloof about a person, people have serious complexes. A person can get a complex, and yes, everyone should try to their best. But but we need to do our best to not um, make it difficult for people to. Uh, you know, I could tell you as a fundraiser, one of the things they say when you come in to someone if you're meeting with them, which isn't happening so much right now, um, is you want to dispel for your own benefit any assumptions they may be making so one thing i do if i go to especially a very wealthy person who's nervous that i'm going to ask him for a hundred thousand dollars right and i'm not going to do that but they're nervous you know so is what you do is i actually say i learned this from someone i've used it thousands of times and people like it i say i'm telling you i don't expect anything i really don't expect anything because you don't have to give me anything if you happen to like what I do, maybe you like me, maybe you like what I do, maybe both, then I'm happy to take your, your donation, but I honestly don't expect anything. And so that's the idea. When If, if you think someone might feel that like you think, look down on them, the message is try your best to put people at ease and not have either the, either the literal or the figurative nose in the air. Okay, uh, moving along through the blessings, we go to verse 12 in the chapter. Here we're talking about Yehuda. Now, Yehuda, when, with Judah's blessings, they're actually blessings. They're not uh, they're they they're, they're they're things that he should he that he should merit. But, but they're just so cryptic. You literally could spend the whole year studying this this chapter. It is from the most cryptic chapters in the in the Torah, which makes sense because Yaakov is giving the DNA, the spiritual DNA, for the rest of history, right? So, what does he say in verse 12? Verse 12 says, t- says this to Yehuda, red eyed from wine. You, Yehuda, are going to be red eyed from wine. Now, that uh, doesn't have the best of connotations typically. And he says, you should be red eyed from wine and white toothed from milk. Interesting. So all the commentaries say, in fact, i it's going to go from the, the, uh, the Talmud in Tractate Ketubot. Uh, it says, what does this mean homiletically? That a person, well, I'm going to focus on, on, the, on the white tooth from milk, is that of a person who shows the, the, the white of their teeth, that's what white means. A person whose white tooth means you actually see it. Does that mean it means to smile? The, the, the Talmud says what it means is that if I smile at you, that's better than giving you a cup of milk. It's nice, but on a deeper level, Rabbi Avigdor Miller, he is incredible. He has these incredible observations about uh, about the world and things to learn from them. So, what is he? Um, what is he? Uh, um, what does he learn? What does he say? Um, second. Okay, I just someone was trying to get on that they can get on. Okay, so um, the Talmud says that a person who smiles at someone, they show the white of their teeth, is greater than giving someone a cup of milk. So, simply put, you know, be nice to people is better than giving something physical. But Reverend Victor Miller, he gives this whole I – can't, I can't say it the way he says it because I don't know the science as well as he did. He says that milk is known as, like, the healthy drink. You have a cup of milk in the morning. I don't know if it's true, but as a kid, they told you, have a cup of milk in the morning, and everything's fine, right? All, all the nutrients and everything gets going, and certainly all the cereal companies feel that way, right? So – We all know the value. Let's say you saw someone every morning, they'll be walking through New York City, Grand Central Station, and they're giving out free cups of milk. You would say, wow, what an amazing person they're giving and they're healthy. Well, imagine if you have the guy standing right next to the guy who's giving out free cups of milk, and he's not giving out anything free. He just smiles at everyone who walks by, a real smile. Says the Talmud and Ketubot, the guy who's smiling at everyone is greater than the guy who's giving everyone a free cup of milk, and that's the blessing that Yaakov is telling Yehuda. Yehuda was going to be the leader of the Jewish people historically. The kings, um, you know, uh, that's uh, that's who's going to be. So um, he. Um, What does that mean? That means, quite literally, and Victor Miller says it, if you study what a smile does to someone else, it all those amazing things that milk does for a person's body, smiling does that physically to the person. It actually sets off all those chemical reactions and it gets the body functioning properly the same way a cup of milk does. And that's what Yaakov was telling that's, uh, you got Mr. Shapiro's helping us out here. He's got some science for us. <laughs> um, you, you, you have some facts for us? Okay, <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, so, um, so, so that's the message that, um, that Yaakov was telling his, he says, You gotta be a leader, you Yehuda. You have to learn know how to smile, you have to know how to make people feel good. And there's countless stories how we know um, there's a famous story that Rabbi Sol Solantar, who was no, who when you think of Rabbi Sol Solantar, he was the founder of the Musar movement. Okay. M- Musar is studying a person's character trait. You, you 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 think in your head of a very stern person, an intense person. And he would mm-hmm. go around during the 10 days before Yom Kippur, and you'd think before the 10 days before Yom Kippur. He, he would be like, you know, don't talk to him then. He would go around in all the shoals telling anyone, make sure you're friendly. Make sure you're friendly. Don't, don't be too focused uh, um, at the expense of something very important. Okay, so let's flip back to the first set of blessings. First set of blessings is when Yaakov gives the blessings to his grandchildren. To Yosef's children, so in chapter forty-eight, verse one, says Jacob called for his sons and said, "No, that was kids." It came to pass, and um, it says that someone said to Yosef, "Your father is ill." Interesting. Someone that tells you that your father is ill. So the Pirkei Dreb Eliezer, which is uh, one of the Midrashim, he says that the Torah is actually telling us historical fact. Until Yaakov, people, and, and I, I'd be curious to see what the scientific history is on this, because this is what the Midrash says, and uh, it's always nice when it corroborates. It doesn't have to corroborate, but very often it does. Um, so it says that this was the first time that someone got sick before they died. Because until that point in time, whenever it was time for someone to pass, it passed. Yaakov knew that he was he had to he was the last of the four fathers. He was going to be giving over eternity. And he prayed to God and he said, God, I don't, I need I need a heads up. I need to be able, able to 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 do, take care of unfinished business. I need to talk to my grandkids. I need to talk to my kids. I need to do, do a personal, uh, you know, calculation. I'm going on to the next world. Uh, you know, am I, you know? So he actually prayed to God that, in the, and he said, you know, wouldn't it be, obviously God knew this. So I always have to understand what does it mean that, it, obviously if, if it was a point in time where God felt it was appropriate, that from that point on, and obviously, the, 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 there are people who are healthier than others when they pass on. But as a rule, we know people, it's usually not like that. It's, it's unusual when a person doesn't anticipate at least warning signs. And that was what Yaakov wanted to do. And that's what, why, the, why it was such a shock. Well, that's why the verse says, behold, behold they told Joseph your father's ill it was like it was the first time in history and what's the lesson from that the lesson from that is that hashem is telling us that that we need that this is not it if this world was it right then yeah why should we have any discomfort there's nothing to prepare for but Jacob was getting ready for for the next world he was getting ready for eternity in fact, they say, um, you know, the famous uh, space shuttle Challenger. So a lot of times when they have these big, uh, these unfortunate disasters, people don't know. Like, what were the people's final, their final experiences? Now with cell phones and cameras, I think we know, unfortunately, we know a lot of things which are scary with, with 9-11 and things like that. But in the time of the Challenger, for a long time, people had no idea. There was some crazy article where there were some lawyers who found some footage or some recording that the um, space that the astronauts found out what was happening and they were stressing about it and the lawyers wanted to sue NASA that they shouldn't have let the astronauts know that they were for sure going to die so so they wouldn't have that pain so there was a counter article That said, challenged the lawyers, and said, "Who said that's not a good thing? Who said it's not a good thing? Because before a person passes away, one of the things they get to do is they get to take stock, and they get to have their final thought. Like, what's your final wager, Jeopardy? Right? What's your final wager in this world? What do you want? What do you want to be known as? Right? You ever you you visit someone, you experience something. What what's your last thing going to be?" So this is one of those hints, one of those discussions about how this world is not not all all that. There is, and obviously that has many, many ramifications. Verse 50, chapter 50, verse 5. Let's see. So here, the last chapter in uh, Genesis... Yaakov has already passed away, and now it's just the brothers, just the tribes. So the brothers were nervous because they still weren't 100% secure that Yosef had forgiven them. And now that their father was away, he's in charge. Maybe he would make their life miserable. So a a, a lot of what's discussed is what happens amongst the brothers at that point. So in verse 5... Yosef says, my father told me that he wants me to bury him in Israel. And it uses an interesting word. It says, Yaakov said to me, I have a grave in Israel, which I bought for myself. Extra words in the Torah. It uses a funny word. It says, there's a piece of land that I've cut for myself, I bought for myself. It's a very cryptic term. So Rashi says that the word um kariti refers to an interesting story which I don't really remember, but I saw it today, um, that the Medrash says a few weeks ago in the Parsha, I remember Yaakov leaving his father-in-law with his family, and he's about to have a collision with his arch nemesis, Esau. Esau wants to kill him. And Yaakov is a little nervous. And the Medrash says, why is that so nervous? Yaakov was nervous, Medrash says, because Esau had two things spiritually over Yaakov. Two things. One, Yaakov had not been with his parents for 21 years. Esau had been with his parents. And in the, in a real sense, was was he was a good son. Besides the fact that he obviously gave his parents a tremendous amount of uh, heartache because they wanted to kill his brother, but besides that, he was a good son. Um, that was one thing he did. So he was he was known. The Talmud says the best person in history in in honoring his parents was Asav, whatever that means. In fact, we know Asav's head. I actually was there a couple of years ago in uh, the tomb of the patriarchs, the cave of the patriarchs. And there actually is a monument there that ate for, for Asub's head. Asub head in, in, in the, uh, it was kind of an interesting experience. So um, you're kind of by the forefathers and foremost, and then you see Aesop's, I'm not sure what, what Hashem wants there. But anyway, so, that, so that's one thing. The other thing is Asub lived in the land of Israel for 21 years. In fact, I think his entire life. Um, Yaakov was in Egypt, Yaakov was in, 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 in Iraq, wherever it was, but Esau lived in Israel, and Esau honored his parents. Two very important Jewish values. So Yaakov was nervous about that. So now Yaakov had a good calculation. Yaakov cared about Israel, Yaakov cared about his parents, and it was a very calculated decision that he couldn't be there. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Like all of us, I'm sure we all want to be in Israel. But it doesn't make sense for us right now. This doesn't make sense. I would love to. I, I would get on a plane tomorrow if I could. Um, so what did Yakov do, says the Medrash? When he got to this face-off, he made a pile. He took every penny he made, everything he made. He was a very wealthy man. And he plopped it in front of his brother, Esav. And he says, guess what? I was not in Israel, not because I wanted to make money. I happened to make money. Here, take all my money. That's not what's important to me. I actually care about Israel. I care about my parents. And here's all my money. And and that's, he sh- was showing Hashem and showing Asa what, what his priorities was. And you can tell what's important to someone from the way they talk. And that's just an interesting uh Observation about human character is that what we find ourselves talking about um, often tells us a lot about ourselves. Where our headspace is, right? Uh, If we talk about kind, we talk kindly a lot. We talk about positive things a lot. We probably are kind. We're we're probably a kind, positive uh, type of person. Um, So that's just something that we learn from here. The way a person talks shows often a person's values. Let's put a few more ideas out there. Let's focus on the the blessings of the, of Yaakov to his grandchildren. So, in chapter forty-eight, verse twenty. Second, phones making noise. Okay, right, forty. Uh, we're, we're, we have uh, verse twenty here. So famous story. Yaakov calls for Yosef to bring his two kids, Ephraim and Manasseh. And he gives them the famous... Every kindergarten pre-K does this project, right? He has the two sons in front of him, and and uh, Yosef had put the older one on the right and the younger one on the left. And typically, you, for the for the greater, stronger child, you would use the right hand. And Ephraim switched... Uh, and Yaakov switched his hands. He puts his right hand on the younger child. What does Yaakov say? Yaakov says that he gave them the following blessing. Bechah Yisrael, with you, you children, the Jewish people will bless for history. On Friday night, when parents bless their children, they say these words. We are spo- the, the, the custom is to use these words. Yesim, and what's the blessing? That Yaakov said for the rest of history, for the next thousands of years, The with you two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, that is the blessing we want parents to give their children. And what's the blessing? It's a very short blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and like Manasseh. And he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Very cryptic thing. He says, Yaakov saying forever, give the blessing. I'm telling you the words to say. The words to say are, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And the verse ends off. Kind of like a non-sequidor, and he put a fry in before Manasha Like, what do we care? We, we, we got the word straight. Why do we care that it says that? Because there's a lot of things to, to, to focus on. First one is, what's so unique about them? There's 70, pro, 70 progeny of Yosef at this point. Sons, daughters-in-law, daughters, grandchildren, and Yaakov y- 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 says, these two, they're the all-time that's who you should bless your kids to be like. So what is the thing that we're focusing on? Secondly, we said earlier, the famous song that we say before we go to sleep, the blessing that he actually gave them, it's a much longer blessing. Hamalah Hagoel, goel the redeeming angels should bless them to, to all, all the blessings under the sun. So why wouldn't Yaakov say, look, here's the blessing I gave to these two wonderful young men. Give that blessing to your kids. It doesn't do that. And lastly, why does it point out, seems to be irrelevant, that if that Jacob put Ephraim before Manasseh So I've seen many answers over the years, and all of them are just one is better than one is better than than, uh, than the next. Ephraim, the reality was I'd say on paper was greater than Menashe. He was, he was the sage. He was a scholar, and uh, he just he was just on. You know, everyone has different roles in life, and everyone, as long as someone fulfills their role, that makes them great. But he, he I guess, you would call him perhaps more accomplished. Um, and Menashe knew that, and Menashe it seems from the story from the past two weeks, he was like the chief of state. He, oh, he was like Yosef's right-hand man. He was dealing with the commerce, dealing with the politics. And if Ryan were told, studied all day with his grandfather, Jacob. So clearly different types of people, different talents. But Menashe kind of knew that his younger brother was was more accomplished in that sense. And he was totally fine with that. This is the only, now remember, the 12 tribes, they're amazing, and they're incredible people, but to some degree, there was some disconnect, we know, with Yosef and his brothers. Yaakov was telling Yosef, they got it right. The best blessing you can give your, your children or your one child is they should be a 100% happy with who they are, and when you're a 100% happy with who you are, then you're happy for other people, even if they're quote-unquote better than you. And they didn't, and and when and when, Yosef kept trying to, Yosef was being sensitive to his son. He says, you know, Dad, you're going to insult the older son. And Yaakov was like, no, no, Yosef, you don't get it. Your sons get it. Listen to your sons, Yosef. Your sons understand. They're both good at different things. They're there to help each other out. And there's no need to get insulted, no need to not be happy and so says, uh, this is what Yaakov what was telling us. When you, every Friday night, give your children, that's the best blessing. Don't worry about details. Riches and children and happiness. This is the blessing for everything. You can tell someone that they could be, be 100% happy with who they are just because who they are. And that... Um, And and we know that, you know, the the people that we feel attracted to, the people that we like, uh, typically are people who are very comfortable with themselves, and they therefore are able to make us feel comfortable with ourselves, because there's no no competing going on. And we all try this. It's not an easy thing to do. I don't think anyone's perfect at it. But Ephraim is saying, Yaakov is saying, that's my message to you. Um, all the parenting books they they try to say this in three, three or four hundred pages, but Yaakov said it in three words. Another lesson that what we learn from these 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 blessings is that a friend the You know, if I give everyone here a blessing, I give you all a blessing that you should have the wisdom how to spend a million dollars. That's a useless blessing, I think. As far as I know, everyone. Uh, On this class. Probably everyone listening to the class. Who knows? Um, But that's a useless blessing. Yaakov's children had Yaakov as a father. They grew up in his house. They were in a cocoon. Yosef's kids were the first kids to live life in in the face of adversity. They grew up in Egypt. In a culture which completely went against their grain. They didn't really have friends in that way. They didn't have any family, no support system. They had to live a double life. They were Jewish on the inside and the outside Yosef had this whole charade that he had to do. But they came out stronger on the other end. So much so <laughs> they're, they're considered one of the 12 tribes. So much so that we're, we say every Jewish person should be like them. So that's what Yaakov was saying. Yaakov was saying, you know, these are the first kids to be able to be true to themselves despite adversity. And that's the, the existence that we have. So that's why Yaakov had to say, tell your, you can't tell your kids be like Yosef. You can't tell your kids be like Yehuda. They grew up in Yaakov's house. Like What, what, what do you want? And for that matter, certainly, they had Rachel and Leah, and Billa, and Zilpah, and Rivka as a grandmother, and you know they, they just they had this incredible situation for them. One more thing is that Ephraim and Manasseh maybe on paper weren't as great as their uncles. Maybe they weren't even great as their father Yosef. Probably weren't. But we know that they, they get an upgrade. They are so great they get upgraded to the level of tribes. You count the twelve tribes in in the flags and in the in, in the separation of land of Israel. From this point forward, Yosef's two two children have a status of tribes, which means that they exceeded their potential. The biggest blessing a person can have in life is to reach their potential. The even greater blessing is to pass your potential. Frying the menasha fulfilled and surpassed their potential. What that means is an interesting thing, because what happens is if Hashem sees a person, uses all the gifts that he gives them, he actually expands their capacity. So we literally, when a person, a person should never think, I can never do that. Because the way Hashem runs the world is that he says, here, I'm giving you a certain amount of resources, a certain amount of assets, certain amount of life situation, if you completely maximize it, then I'll give you more. And that's the blessing that we, Yaakov was saying that we should give our kids. Fulfill your potential. I, you know, I can't really tell my kids, you know, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I will wish you this. You know, I could do that. But really, I don't know. We don't know what a person's potential is. The best blessing I can give you is that if you could fulfill your potential, not only that, surpass your potential. Okay, we've got a few more minutes here. Just in general, just to focus on these blessings that we know that we mentioned before that Yaakov was giving to his um his children. Reuben comes up. Basically, uh, Yaakov says, You're you're too impulsive. Shimon and Levi come up, they say you have hotheads. Aren't these called the blessings of Yaakov? And the answer is that that the biggest blessing you can give someone is that they understand themselves. If I know person only as strong as their weakest link. If I know if I could figure out what my issues are, then you're in good shape. You're in really, really good shape. We talked about this on Tuesday night. Um, so that's why they're called blessings. And we know your greatest friends are the people in the closest family are people who, if you really need to hear something and they're willing to tell you, even if it's not popular, um, that's uh, that's how it works. Okay, three more three more little ones. Verse forty nine, chapter forty nine, verse fifteen. So the blessing. Uh, Yaakov had a son named Yisachar. Yaakov had a son named Yisachar. And um, and what what does it say about Yisachar? Yisachar is a strong boned donkey. He uh, thrum boned donkey. He saw tranquility that was good and the land that it was pleasant, yet he bent his shoulder to bear and he became an indentured laborer. The commentaries say that Yisachar was known for his Torah knowledge. They were, the judges came from the tribe of, um, of Yisachar. And the yoke that it talks about is he had accepted upon himself the yoke of Torah. Now, often what happens when you're a judge and you're a leader is that you need to become a public servant. And that's basically what it's saying. He bent his shoulder to bear. He bent his shoulder to bear other people's needs, and thereby he became an indentured laborer, he became a public servant. And I saw an amazing Yiddish quote, which is, uh, I thought was very powerful, which uh, which was the, which was the blessing that he was given, and the Yiddish quote goes like this. I'm not a good speaker of Yiddish, so I found it found it in here. Um, in in uh, Yiddish, it goes like this: "Alat trugin pekelach in Lebin, der derbas trugt yenams pekel, darf nish ken pekel," which means everyone carries a burden in life. However, one who carries another person's burden does not have to carry their own. The blessing and the instruction that Yaakov was giving his son, he said, Yusakha, you, you're going to be the leaders. You're going to be the judges. You're going to become public servants. But don't worry. If you truly are are, are given over and, and allow people to lean on you and, and make yourself available and in and, 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 and a caring way for them, don't worry, you, everything, everything will will work out. That that uh, that you need, if you're if if you're willing to give, you'll be taken care of. So they bring Jacob up to be buried in Israel, like like he made them promise. And unfortunately, what happened was there was a little bit of fight, because who shows up? Asaph. Esau, his arch nemesis. Now, mind you, there was a understand understood thing that the twins Yaakov and Esau, were dying the same day, and Yaakov had hadn't had had died that morning. They brought him up to Israel. Esau was still alive. God runs the world. Esau tells them, "Excuse me, um, this is my burial place. Your father doesn't be buried here." Now we know that many many years earlier. He sold the burial plot to Yaakov. He sold it to him. And no one had the deed. Meanwhile, what happened was Naftali, who was the fastest one, they sent him back to Egypt to get the deed. In the meantime, Yaakov had a grandson named Hushem. And he, he's deaf. He didn't know what was going on. All he knew was there was this mad-looking guy who was getting in the way of his grandfather's honor. And he doesn't know what's going on. He struts up and he whacks his uncle. And legend has it, I don't know if it's true, that that's how Aesop's head ended up in the cave, because it rolled into the cave. And they say his head deserved to be in the cave because he's because that's what he honored his parents with. To understand the story, I'm sure there's a lot more. But it's clear from all the commentators that this deaf child was correct. What do we see? Sometimes it's okay to be naive. Everyone sometimes sit there and coming up with ideas and debating and this and that. And sometimes things are really very simple. You, this is wrong. I don't care what the thing is. This is just wrong. something is just right and sometimes we can overcomplicate things and sometimes you see it in children or you see it in someone who who quote-unquote is not as is more naive than we are about a certain area and they'll have a simple observation and be like no this doesn't make any sense what are you doing and we have to um allow ourselves to access that naivety sometimes uh in ourselves or we see it in someone else because a lot of times it's you know we have a lot of because we, we, we can really complicate very simple things I think they say um, about Alcoholics Anonymous that it's a it's a very simple program it's a very simple program um, and not so easy but it's simple I had a friend who is a very well-known therapist and he said that very often his patients come to him and they'll say like you know it's really complicated And he usually says, no, 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 no. Don't confuse complicated with hard. It's actually very simple what has to happen, (laughs) right? It's very simple. If someone has a drinking problem, I mean, the most simple point, which I believe in, is is not drink, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, So I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do. Okay, so let's just do a quick review over here. We talked about how when we learned learned from Yaakov that kindness – has to be a true kindness make sure it's a kindness through and through it's true it's how he- it's a kindness for their emotions their their physical body their spiritual body we learned from a muscle cats of tells that a person has to make sure figuratively and literally they don't walk around with their nose up making other people feel less than or uncomfortable we learned how the importance of smiling how important that is and actually what that does for a person's body we learned the uh, I, the uh, the value of a person um, becoming ill before they die as a means to recognizing, the understanding the value of life, and what there's there there is a next world, and there's what to give over. We learned about how Yaakov showed his priority when he when he want, was willing to give up all of his money that he made to show what his values were. We also saw the incredible le- uh, lessons that in the blessing that we're going to give for, for, for uh, all of history that Fry and the Manasha, the grandchildren of Yaakov, they didn't, they were totally comfortable, happy for themselves, happy for other people. They stood up to, to adversity and they exceeded their potential. We also learned how that if a person, the greatest gift you can give someone is reality not necessarily a blessing it's good to give people blessings but the biggest blessing is to tell someone that something they need, really need, need need to hear we learned from the palm that when you accept the burden of others when you allow other people to lean on you your own burden becomes lessened and we said sometimes it's okay to not get to, to simplify things keep it simple and uh, often that will solve a lot of problems so Have a last good four hours of uh, 2020 and have a beautiful Shabbos.